Last year, I wrote a series of articles on Dundee Culture's blog website, The Dundonian, where I wrote about four stories about ghosts in the city. Today on This Dundonian Life, I will be adapting these stories into an audio format for you to listen to, and today we're going to be looking at those four ghost stories, which are considered urban legends. These stories have several different accounts due to their popular nature, and a lot are interesting to follow. A lot think ghosts exist and others don't. But since it's Halloween, I think it would be fabulous to discuss ghost stories. I'm Andrew Batchelor and welcome to the Halloween special of This Dundonian Life. traditional Gaelic holiday which marks the first day of All Hallowtide, which is a Western Christian festival which runs from October 31st to November 2nd. And this festival encompasses the Tridum of All Saints Eve, which is another name for Halloween, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And this festival all have one thing in common, death. All Saints Day is an opportunity for believers to remember all saints and martyrs, known and unknown, throughout the Christian history, whilst All Souls Day is a day of commemoration of the faithful departed, those who have passed away. In our modern day culture, people mostly celebrate by going trick-or-treating, or for a more appropriate Scottish term, guising. Halloween found its roots here in Scotland, and also Ireland as well, and ever since it has become a popular holiday in the North American countries. Seriously, we have been to the United States various times, and most of these holidays were in October. And the amount of effort Americans put into this holiday was absolutely unbelievable. We stayed in a housing community near Orlando, and one of these houses went mad with Halloween decorations, skeletons and pumpkins on the grass as well, spiderwebs all over the house, and a cauldron next to the driveway, and further decorations onto the roof as well. It was too much. And when we arrived back home and we put our decorations up, well, it was a minimal effort. Just stickers on the window with pumpkins and ghost battery powered lights. But anyway, let's get on to ghost stories. Chapter 1 The White Lady of Balgay Bridge. Our story begins in the Balgate area of Dundee, and this is quite an interesting place where a lot of many myths and legends have come from, especially in the hill area. These stories were told to many children in the area apparently, from a boy who got trapped in the mud, who is still there to this very day, to there being legends of a witch who resided in a house on top of the hill. Some may have heard these stories, some might have not, but there's one story that many will know. And that is the story of the White Lady of Balgay Bridge. The White Lady of Balgay Bridge is a legend because it's been in the minds of many Dundonians for decades. And it's interesting because Balgay Bridge looks like any other bridge. And it's a popular spot for photographers in the city. It was built in 1873 with a cast iron and it simply looks stunning around the forest style landscape that it is placed in. But there's said to be a dark side to this bridge. One that gave us the story of the White Lady. The bridge was given a renovation and a reopening in 2002, but beforehand the appearance showed that there could have been a lot of haunted activity there. 
There were barriers around the bridge which gave a haunting reminder of its past and there was also white markings where one would put it as entering the cage. There are many accounts about the White Lady and what happened to her. Some accounts show that the White Lady was once a beautiful woman who had lavish hair and the face of an angel and there was various legends of how her fate came to be. A couple of accounts involved a woman being in love with a man and one day her lover tragically died and the woman was filled with so much grief that she headed towards a bridge and plunged to her death and fell from the bridge and with another account showing that she actually hanged herself or got hanged. And another account which is mostly associated with the White Lady is one that's very gruesome. A legend that on one cold fairy night, the woman was walking on the bridge. She had slipped on ice and fell off the bridge to her death and landed on a rock. Another similar account to that which is closely associated with this one is that there was a witch living on top of the hill, which connects to the legend I briefly explained earlier, who threw the lady off the bridge. The woman's scream is said to be heard at the dead of night, accompanied with the wind of the trees, and in some instances, if you walk on the bridge during the night hours, you could see a woman in a silk white dress slowly looking at you as you cross the bridge. Either way, whatever you believe in, if you do believe in ghosts or not, chances are you will be reminded of the White Lady's legend if you are in the vicinity of Balgay Bridge. Be careful if you walk across it in the dead of night though, because you might follow the same fate as she did. Chapter 2 A Stroll in the Park Our second story focuses on a place closer to home for me and it centres around Caird Park which is a lovely lush green area with a castle and a newly built sports centre. That too is not spared from its legends and mysteries and this was quite an interesting one. Denil Mains, which is located near Mains Castle, is popular with dog walkers who enjoy taking leisurely strolls past the ponds. However, if you're thinking of taking a shortcut across in the park, be careful because you may meet somebody along the way. We travel back to the Victorian era in this one, and there's a family, a mother, a father and their newly born child who was in the pram. And they were going for a show in the park grounds on one late evening. And the mother and father were talking as they were holding hands, walking down the path near Main's castle. When all of a sudden, it was said that the father tripped at the edge of the hill next to the path and fell down with his wife and his child in the pram. Many decades after, in the mid-1960s, there was a couple who walked around the same pathway as the sun was beginning to set. As they headed past the castle, they walked past what they thought was a Victorian gentleman and a Victorian woman pushing a pram. They said that they saw the clothes clearly, they could hear the wheels of the pram in the gravel and they said that they were so close they could have touched them but when they turned around they had gone. It is said that the family can be seen strolling around the grounds as the sun begins to set and the sounds of their screams can be heard as dusk falls into night. Chapter 3 The Ghost of Coffin Mill Dundee's jute industry is one that many from the city know of and it's contributed so much to Dundee's economy back in the 19th century. But alas, the jute industry too is not spared from its ghost stories and myths. Did you know that there was supposedly a ghost that haunts the remains of Coffin Mill? 
And we go to 1828 when Logie's works was opened in Dundee. This was one of the largest jute mills in the city. Known as Coffin Mill locally because of its shape, it has now been turned into flats, but the mill has always had a reputation of being haunted. It's said that a girl can be seen walking across the bridge that connects the two parts of the factory. This is from the claim that there was a woman who was working in the mill in the early 1910s who suddenly died when she was working there one day. Some people say there she was thrown from the bridge by the manager of the mill after he found out that she was pregnant, presumably to him. Whilst others say that she was dragged into one of the machines and killed. Some say she was dragged by her hair when falling to her death from the bridge, whilst others say her hair was caught in one of the machines and that it was merely an accident. At the time though, it was quite common for this to happen and the life expectancy of mill workers was just 24 years old. After the woman died and stories of sightings towards her, crowds flocked to the mills to try and get a glimpse of her wandering around and the crowds became so large that the police eventually had to break up them due to the aggravation that it caused. When Logie Works closed and the former factory was converted into flats by 1990, a bunch of newspapers dated between 1910 and 1913 supposedly backed up the theory that there was a woman who worked at the mill who died, although this is only speculative. And in the years that followed, the screams of the ghosts of Coffin Mill were said to be heard, and there was various accounts of this from people who walked around the area who saw a ghostly figure walk around the bridge. There were supposedly times when there were children who walked around the bridge at night who heard the creaking from the bottom of the bridge and they screamed away back to their homes after getting scared. It's certainly an interesting legend and maybe it's for the best that you don't wander around the bridge because if you do, you might come face to face with the ghost of Coffin Mill. Chapter 4 The Weeping Woman Our fourth and final story is about the Claypot's castle and a ghostly figure which is said to look up at the windows of the castle. Now this is one where I've had an encounter but we'll get onto that a little bit later on. And the tale of this one also involves a woman and her lover. And it is said that on the 29th of May each year the ghost of the White Lady of Claypot's castle is alleged to appear at one of the upper windows of the castle. It is said that she appears all in white, waving a white handkerchief towards St Andrews, the direction of her lover, while weeping uncontrollably. There have been fair sightings of a woman looking out from the upper levels of the castle during various times of the year, but most notably it is around the day in May. This has led to the belief that the White Lady of Claypot's castle is the ghost of Marion Ogilvy, who was Cardinal Beaton's mistress, and she weeped when he was supposedly murdered. I say this because it can be disputed because there's no such record stating that a Marion ever visited or stayed at Claypot's castle and also that Beaton was murdered in 1546 which was 42 years before Claypot's castle was even built. But there's a lot of claims about the story, another being that the woman had a connection to John Graham, Bonnie Dundee. I told you earlier that this is where I had an encounter. I was around six years old and we were on a school trip to Clay's Potts Castle. We were told that the castle was said to be haunted and I remember a time where I sat down on the chair next to a table which had a candle and all of a sudden whilst we were talking it exploded. If this was something to do with the white lady then how strange is that? 
And this leads to the end of our Halloween special, which I hope you've enjoyed. I'll see you again at Christmas with a special which I hope you will also enjoy, one that was supposed to go out in September, but due to various events, I had to decide to move it to the end of the year. Next year, we'll also see the second series of Distant Doing Life, and with the recording set to begin in the new year. Until then, I can't wait to see you all again during the festive period. And as always, I'm Andrew Batchelor, and this has been This Dundonian Life.